Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Bellasai. I'm here in my closet recording far, far away from my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hey, Matt. How's your quarantine going this week? It's good. I had an event the other morning. I'm sure all of the women listening will know exactly what I'm talking about. I woke up and I looked down at my sheets. Oh, no. (laughs) And I, I was like, oh, no. It's, it was that time, and I didn't know. And um, I'd fallen asleep with chocolate. <laughs> a chocolate chip. <laughs> that was everywhere. <laughs> um, which is a truly horrifying thing. It's, it's truly never a good thing to realize you fell asleep with chocolate, mostly because that means that there was uneaten chocolate. Yeah, that is um, a, a sacrifice no one should have to make. No. So I did have to throw away all of my sheets. Oh, I thought you were going to say, so I did have to lick all of my sheets. <laughs> yep. I I went tongue first. <laughs> That's how I actually do wash all of my sheets. I don't actually use a washing machine or a dryer on my sheets. No, it's not environmental. No, I'm trying to save money right now. I'm trying to save the know, earth. economize. So I, I clean all of my laundry, mostly with my tongue, like a cat, <laughs> because that is economical and that is how I'm living in these in these difficult times. Anyway, how was your week in Quar? Well, I'm reporting live, not really because it's edited, but I'm reporting live from my boyfriend's parents' closet. Um, so it's yes. it's been fun slash somehow more anxiety producing to be out of the city because I'm realizing there's way less control. <laughs> 
when there are more people involved. So there's that. And my dad really, really, really loved the deep dive about depression. And then also very gently was like, maybe you should get back on antidepressants. (laughs) So thank you, dad. Uh, Thank you, Matt, for that deep dive. Um, I'd say I'm doing great. I mean, for the record, I almost feel like I could save myself time by just sending my therapist recordings of unhappy (laughs) hours. Just listen to our podcast and you'll know exactly what's wrong with me. Okay. Agreed. So, coming up on today's episode, we'll kick things off with Worst Things First, where I shout about the stupidest, most ridiculous worst news of the week. After that, we're diving deep into your rants. That's right. You've been calling a rant hotline. We've been listening. And now we're going to rant right alongside you. And don't worry. This is something we're going to keep doing. We're not packing all of your complaints into a single deep dive. So if you called in and don't hear yours... Don't be uh, angry yet. And then we've got actor, writer, close personal friend of mine, Ashley freaking Perez on the pod as our guest complainer. We used to work at BuzzFeed together. Now she writes on the TV show Good Trouble. She's got her very first book, Read This for Inspiration, available for pre-order right now. And uh, BT Dubs, we recorded this several months ago when we could still be in the same room together. Remember when we could be in unventilated rooms together? That was fun. Good times. I, I, I remember fondly sweating in a room with another person. Can you imagine? Smelling each other's sweat? Ugh. I never thought that I would miss that. I... I long for it every second of every day. And finally, we got our chasers, including our segment, Do Better White People, where we highlight some anti-racism resources and actions and recommendations. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's get ready to rant and start the show. All right, worst things first. Let's talk about the worst news of the week. First, in dog news, an eight-year-old chocolate Labrador named Eros, who lives in Colombia. And who is my best friend. And is your best friend, has made a name for himself as a delivery dude. Hero, hero. Hero, hero. He's bringing baskets of food to customers of the El Porvenir mini market his owners operate. So he was adopted by this family that runs a mini market uh, in Colombia. And in order to maintain social distancing on their deliveries, they put all of their stuff in baskets. And then Eros, the dog, has delivered them. And now he's like a local ledge, a local legend. My issue with this, because you might be like, why is this the worst thing's first story? Right. Is I want to know where his paycheck is. <laughs> where is Eros's salary? Is he getting benefits? They they said he's being paid in in treats and massages. Wait, that's okay. not gonna pay for his retirement. Yeah. How about what is what is going to his IRA? What is going into his 401k9? Oh, okay. Honestly, shoot me in the face. <laughs> I, I this is not good enough. You are using him for manual labor. Does he have the right to unionize? 
Okay. Does it, does he get benefits? Is he allowed to discuss his pay with, with the other workers in the family? I don't know any of these things. Okay. We're just saying, oh, it's so cute because he's a dog and he gets to deliver food. No. How about we ask the hard questions instead of just accepting that you're using him as free labor. Next. Cops in Australia thought that a man was trying to get out of a speeding ticket after he gave uh, some excuses when they pulled him over for speeding 70 miles per hour down the highway, which is not even that fast. That seems like the speed limit. I don't know. uh, You know, it's like in Australia, the toilets flush the opposite way. Maybe 70 miles per hour is is faster there based on gravity. Mm. This has been Science with Matt. But this man's excuse turned out to be true. You'll love this. An eastern brown snake had slithered into the front seat of his truck while he was driving down the highway Uh -uh. and tried to bite him. No, no, no. (laughs) He said, no, thank you. I am surprised he kept driving. Personally, I would have just opened the door, jumped out, and let the car do its business. Right. Just body rolled out and uh, Tom Cruise style and let Mm -hmm. it continue going on. That is a fucking nightmare. I went for a walk in the woods. I'm in like New England. And I went for a walk in the woods in like a place that we go often when we're up here. And this woman was there with her dog and she was like, oh, look over there. There's two water snakes bathing in the sun. And I was like, you don't fucking tell me that. Are you, you just ruined this. I'm never coming back here ever again. Why would you do this? Why would you point that out? They're fucking cute. I don't care if they're harmless. She was like, they're harmless. I don't fucking care. Oh, God. It really ruined my day. So this, I can't even, I'm trying to disassociate, honestly. Well, yeah, because it it also is, it was an eastern brown snake, which is the uh, deadliest snake in Australia. Uh, It kills more Australians than any other snake species. (laughs) That's just upsetting on so many levels. Oh, it's, it's the deadliest snake in the world. And it kills more Australians than any other snake species. I feel like calling it an eastern brown snake is not fair. And that you like that doesn't that seems like a nice cuddly snake. <laughs> like, oh, an eastern brown snake. Sure. Like you need to name it more aggressive than that. Yeah. Like the spiky death snake. Yeah. The man later told police it just started to wrap around me. Its Mm -hmm. head just started striking at the chair between my legs. It was pretty bloody terrifying. Oh, I should try to do an Australian accent. Crikey, it just started. I can't. I can't do (laughs) it. I won't even attempt an Australian accent because I simply cannot. Um, The man grabbed a knife, which he used along with his seatbelt to kill the snake and toss it in the bed of his truck. Uh, But he thought that it had bitten him in, in the struggle. And so he started speeding to get to the nearest hospital because it is the death spike snake and so the police stopped him and he was like uh hello i got attacked by a snake and they didn't believe him at first and then he was like look at the goddamn snake that's in the trunk of my car and um there it was and they were like oh shit so they called the authorities turns out he did not get bitten he was just in shock obviously I like want to pay for this guy's therapy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I mean that would be genuinely horrifying. I may need to move on because I do feel like I'm starting to have a panic attack. And finally, a serial burglar, which is a repeat burglar and not a thief of cereal. 
has finally been stopped in a town uh, just northwest of New Orleans, Louisiana, after stealing multiple items of clothing. Uh, the culprit, Admiral Galacticat, a four-year-old gray and white long-haired cat. Ho, ho, ho. A cat burglar, you say? It is indeed. So the cat's owner wrote on a Facebook post titled, My Cat is a Klepto, <laughs> announcing that uh, until coronavirus began, Admiral Galacticat had been an indoor cat. And then, quote, the Rona hit and he got sick of us being around constantly and begged and pleaded to go outside. And now he loves to roam around the neighborhood playing with other rando cats. But then one morning she found that a bunch of suspicious items started to appear on the front porch. And at first she thought it was just a drunk who had been leaving stuff on their patio. Sure. <laughs> you know, you ever get wasted and just leave items on someone's doorstep? <laughs> That was me in college every day. And then she said, lo and behold, it was their cat who was seen stealing people's clean laundry and bringing it home. So she wrote the Facebook post to offer to uh, wash the items and, and return them to the victims. And she said, quote, you are more than welcome to come by and grab the bag and shame my asshole cat if he is around. <laughs> It sounds like the perfect cover-up to me. Oh. You just steal a bunch of stuff and blame your cat? <laughs> okay. That is exactly what I would say if I were were found out stealing a bunch of stuff. I'd say, oh, you know what? I think it was my cat. We've had this talk with him before. He actually has a, a bit of a problem. He, came, he comes from a difficult childhood. <laughs> and so I would appreciate if you gave him some space on this. We're doing our best. Also, like, yeah, how do you get your cat to stop doing this? Yeah, once he's learned these bad habits, there's no going back. It's more about, I think, the thrill of stealing something than it is about act the actual item. Absolutely. Because, like, the cat's not wearing clothes. Yeah. I mean, he probably just feels he could steal anything and he would still get that same excitement, that same rush of adrenaline. So you have to replace it with something else. You have to replace the behavior with something else. So they're going to have to learn. They're going to have to teach him. I don't know if there's some type of rehabilitation for this cat, but I hope he gets the help he needs. And on that note, that is it for this week's Worst Things First. Next, we're diving deep into our rant hotline. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep so dive. back in May, we set up a rant hotline for you to call in with your own answer to the question we ask everybody, what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves, or really just anything that you needed to get off your chest, and that you have a lot to get off your chest. So for today's deep dive, we're listening and gabbing about your voicemails. Let's hit it. Hey, my name is Amanda from Minnesota. I love the podcast, and I am super excited about the opportunity because I've always had the answer ready about what is one thing that I hate that everyone else loves, and the answer is the movie The Princess Bride. My God, I don't get it. What is so overrated. It's not funny. 
it's not clever. I don't understand why generations of people are obsessed with that movie. I, I, I don't get it at all. It's just garbage. So thanks for the opportunity to get that off my chest. Uh, I I felt the, the relief in her voice <laughs> that she finally was getting an outlet to say, fuck the Princess Bride. I, I've probably seen that movie like twice. And I, I do know there is like a huge cult following. I mean, I've definitely watched it like a million times and have read the book. <laughs> so Amanda, <laughs> while we consider this to be a safe space for complaints, um, I am deeply offended and you are wrong. Is the Princess Bride the movie with Fred Savage as a little yes. boy and his grandpa's like reading him the story? Yes. Okay. Well, yeah, then fuck the Princess Bride. <laughs> 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 I don't want any movie with Fred Savage in it. What are you even doing? What is this device of an old man reading a young boy a book? And that is the story. Get, grow up. Okay. Stories are real. <laughs> uh, yeah. The only, the only redeeming thing I think about that movie. A, I do think that that movie did a lot like mustache wise getting me into men in t Robin Hood style tights. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And also Carol Kane is in that movie. And yeah, I love, it's a great cast. I love like anything that she says. Like she, I know it's cliche when someone is like, Oh, I could listen to them read a phone book. I could genuinely listen to her just like recite the phone book and I would be entertained. <laughs> yeah. So Amanda, thank you for calling in. Even though I don't agree, I respect your rant. Good. Next. Hi, I'm calling because I'm living with my roommate and I moved into her house and most of everything is all of her stuff. However, <laughs> I used one of her glasses, like a water glass, and I took it into my room and then I put it into the dishwasher and somehow it broke. So a couple days later, she comes up to me and told me that she is taking all of the glasses out of the cupboard, but gifting me with a rubber glass so that I don't break anything and I don't do anything wrong. And, and then she took, like, all of her other stuff and hid it. And they weren't, like, expensive glasses. They were, like, just regular water glasses. I don't know. I'm 36 years old, and I feel like I've just been given a sippy cup. And <laughs> it's just stupid. So that's my rant. <laughs> Oh my god. What a nightmare for you. <laughs> that is truly insane. I It's just like glasses break, okay? You didn't use the queen's china. It was the glass. And they break. You know how many of my glasses I broken? All of them. <laughs> Oh my God. I love it. I can't believe that. I can't believe your roommate went out and actually bought you a rubber glass. Also, what the fuck is a rubber glass? Like <laughs> Yeah, I've never <laughs> seen a rubber glass before. Uh, it is so rude. It's like not even, it's not passive aggressive. It's just yeah, aggressive. It's just like you're a grown ass woman. You don't need someone to, to be like, you made this one, this like one thing went wrong. And now I'm labeling you as a glass breaker from here on out. The point is glass is fragile and nobody knows how it works. Nobody knows what it's made of. Nobody knows exactly what chemicals go into that. And sometimes they break. Okay. 
roommate. Next. Hi, my name is Erin. I'm from a little shipper town in Ohio. Love it. And today I would like to complain about people who fucking sing in the arms of an angel at karaoke. <laughs> it's depressing. I recognize that you like the sound of your voice and you want us all to compliment you on it. However, it makes me think of depressed dogs that need to be adopted, and I hate it. Uh, have you ever sung that song at karaoke matt not at karaoke no but i sing it every day every morning (laughs) i wake up and i start singing that song i go to my neighbors and i and i sing it right into their peepholes that'd be a cute quarantine hobby is to just start caroling for people (laughs) yeah but only with the most depressing songs imaginable (laughs) Just like the entire Adele discography, some of Casey Musgraves, and then, yeah. Did you see that? She's getting divorced. I know. Heartbreak. Absolute heartbreak. Tragic. Who sings in the arms of... Oh, Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah. Icon. Only known for this song. (laughs) (laughs) Like, this is her legacy. It is. Is making us depressed about dogs who only have one eyeball. Do they still play those commercials? I feel like they do. I only see commercials when I go home to Chicago because my my like grandma still watches the regular TV. Uh, so the one thing, though, Aaron, is that I am someone famously, and this is why I don't get invited to karaoke very often, <laughs> who, uh, who loves a good ballad. And so, you know, sometimes they can be a downer. But like, sorry, that's what you signed up for. (laughs) You did teach me the golden rule of karaoke, which is either you pick a song you know you can absolutely perform or you pick a song that is a bop that everyone wants to listen to and sing along with. And if you stay by those rules, you will always be successful in karaoke. Yeah, I remember that one time I was at karaoke and there were a bunch of straight bros who were like not into it. And I turned to my friend and I was like, we need to throw them something that they'll like. So we put on um, All Star by Smash Mouth and they fucking loved it. It worked like a charm. (laughs) (laughs) You know how to command a crowd. Uh, Yeah, it's about it's really about knowing how to bring the crowd up and bring the crowd back down. And if you want to bring the crowd back down, you know what you play in the arms of an angel. (laughs) And finally, not to play favorites, but we do uh, want to end with maybe our favorite. It's a two parter. Here is the first part, which was sent at 1137 p.m. (laughs) Hey, hey, Matt. Hello, you know your name. (laughs) I can't believe how much my family will not. (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) They won't let me listen to your podcast as loud as I want to because I love your podcast every week and I just love it. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm like, right, that's the first one. Okay. Absolutely beautiful. <laughs> Clearly does not remember my name. <laughs> um, it's so it's so beautiful. B-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-
<laughs> also clearly forgot like exactly what they called about. <laughs> so then this wonderful, beautiful human being calls back and, and leaves another voicemail at 11.41 p.m. So that's okay. F- about four minutes later. Okay. And here's the second one. I really love the Uri Bingle <laughs> and you, Mandela, I, I love how you rant and I don't want to rant, you know, and I told you just before that my family, they, they rant about how loud I listen to your, pa- your podcast. I listen to it every time I'm washing the dishes. I listen to it really loud and they can't. I love you. Good night. Oh my god. <laughs> I love so you too. Beautiful. <laughs> I I I mean I feel like what really needs to happen is that you have to leave your family. I don't I hate to be the I one know. to tell you this. Um but if my voice is blasting through your uh, abode right now uh and they're complaining about it, fuck the rest of you. My voice is angelic and amazing. And you don't know what you're missing out on by demanding that they're tur- that they turn it off. How dare you? In fact, you you turn it up right now. I hope your family is all listening. And and you you just this is a message to your family. <laughs> Fuck you. I feel so bad saying this. I'm so sorry. Maybe maybe get this person headphones. Yeah. If 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 family doesn't want to hear this podcast, then they should buy you a brand new spanking set. Of headphones. Absolutely. Is that how you say it? A, a brand new spanking? <laughs> yep, that's what you do. <laughs> anyway, from Bowie and me, thanks to <laughs> everybody who, who, who ranted. We'll, we'll feature some more in future episodes. So make sure you keep on calling in. You can leave us a voicemail on our hotline at 601-600-RANT. That's 601-600-7268. And that's it for this week's Deep Dive. Next, we got Ashley Perez on the pod right after this commercial break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Shimol Yai, and I have a new podcast called The Competition. Every year, 50 high school senior girls compete in a massive scholarship competition. I wouldn't say I have an ego problem, but I'm extremely competitive. All of the competitors are used to being the best and the brightest, and they're all vying for a huge cash prize. This will probably be the most intense that you've ever gone through in your life. I remember that feeling because I was one of them. I lost. But now I'm coming back as a judge and also a kind of teen girl anthropologist. Because if you want to understand what it's like to be a young woman in America today, the competition's not a bad place to start. Hopefully no one will die on station night. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery, this is The Competition. Follow The Competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to The Competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus.
My guest complainer today is my friend, writer, comedian, personality, <laughs> creator, Ashley Perez. She started at BuzzFeed with me, and now uh, she does a whole bunch of stuff, including writing on the TV show Good Trouble on Freeform. Welcome. Thank you. Did I miss anything? Um... No, I'm just a cat mom now, like a true lesbian. <laughs> Good. <laughs> and um, am I? I am I allowed to tell them things that you did at Buzzfeed? Yeah, I guess. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ultimately, I will have the say on <laughs> what gets cut out of this. So, uh, but yeah, we can. But let's start with uh, what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves? You know, I was thinking really hard about this, and. The two things I could think of, one I've since kind of gotten over and started liking a little bit more, but peanut butter and Justin Timberlake. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's let's address each of those in turn. So can you guess which one I like now? Peanut butter. Yeah. <laughs> Not a great time for Justin Timberlake, and I feel very justified, uh, justified that I had these feelings about him. Yeah. Wait, why is it not a great time for him? He's filming a movie and got super wasted in New Orleans and was out photographed like with his co-star like groping her legs basically oh. and then had to apologize to Jessica Biel who's like at home raising their child. And who like what a weird pair. I feel like That's they got I've... together right at the height of them being celebrities and then it just kind of got uneven and weird. Yeah. You They're know? one of those couples where I'm like, "Oh, right." Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you're still a thing. Yeah. I guess Justin Timberlake is one of those where you're like hot, but in all like you've I been hot thought... for so long that like it's just. And I never even thought he was that hot. I was always a JC Lance Bass fan, which has a lot about my sexuality. <laughs> 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 what if I was like, Chris Kirkpatrick does not get the recognition he deserves? Yeah, Joey Fatone. <laughs> but people love Justin Timberlake, yeah. particularly a very specific breed of white girl who, like, loves, loves, loves Justin Timberlake, doesn't understand that he is, like, a culture stealer and that that's not what his hair actually looks like. <laughs> and that he uh, owes... Britney Spears. <laughs> Britney Spears an apology, <laughs> and he owes Janet Jackson an apology. True. Truly. Yeah. See? Okay, I feel actually, like, 100% justified in my hatred of Justin Timberlake, but people are always like, really? Also, he makes songs that are, like, 96 minutes long. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I know. The one song, I do like Mirrors, but it is 12 minutes yes. long. The other fucked up thing about Mirrors, though, is everyone was like, oh, is this about Jessica Biel, like, the wife that you have, I guess? And then he was like, no, it's about my grandfather. So, like, even that, just, like, the way he shades Jessica Biel in every way. Yeah. Remember when he was, like, an SNL staple also? Because he, was he and Jimmy Fallon were, like, friends. Yes. One thing I will say about him is that he was he's one of the funniest people on SNL as a guest. But even yeah. that, I feel like his whole thing is just such a shtick. He, if you looked up shtick and then looked <laughs> in the dictionary, it would be Justin Timberlake's ramen hair. You know what I mean? Right, right. Which he had for far too long. But that's the thing. That's his real hair. And he acts like his real hair is like beautiful, blown out hair. No, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. So I, so we hate him. Yeah. <laughs> and then relatedly. Is this what your whole show is? <laughs> Just what we hate? Yeah. Oh, okay. Technically. <laughs> but no, we'll talk about you also. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what you hate. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, and then peanut butter, perhaps relatedly. Yeah. Um, how would that be related? I don't know. <laughs> peanut butter was just something that I like never really liked. And I wasn't into like peanut butter and jellies. I would always have jelly with butter, which is weird. But Oh, my God. <laughs> 
Not what? grape jelly, strawberry jelly. It's delicious. Try oh, it. okay. Yeah. Unlike toast. Yes, exactly. That, that sounds... Not just a butter and jelly sandwich, soft sandwich, just on toast, which is normal. There is something about that. That is what I thought you meant. That is so much more gross than what know, is why? essentially toast. Yeah, it's the same thing. It just yeah. one's hard and one's soft. Ew, I feel gross. Anyway, I didn't like peanut butter. And then recently, like, I think my first foray into peanut butter peanut butter was like blending it into smoothies yeah and then i love that little bit of protein but now i'm like oh i got over my peanut butter thing same with guacamole and avocados like i think it was just a texture thing but every once in a while i'll put peanut butter in something being like i like peanut butter now and i'm like this is overpowering (laughs) so now you hate it no i don't hate it i just i i don't sometimes i think i fully love it and then i'm like wait I'm not a peanut butter stan. I just like tolerate peanut butter in I certain think forms. I stan peanut butter. Yeah. Oh, because people who, that's the thing. People who love peanut butter fucking eat it out of the, yeah. the thing with a spoon and that's it. And they just want peanut butter and they love people who love PB2, which we need to talk about. I don't even know what that is. That's that like powdered peanut butter that has like less calories or something that, that um lots of, also, again, girls like eating because there's no calories but it tastes like peanut butter do you put it like in smoothies or you can make peanut butter but for some reason there's like no calories i guess because they ground it down (laughs) they just ground they just just ground ground it down and then they just grind them right out (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah no i love i have i make smoothies now after my workouts oh my god (laughs) now that i'm a full fitness bro (laughs) I am like concerned for your legs. All of your Instagrams are like you in a door post with your. I'm like, yeah, I'm not flexible like that, so it concerns me. If people have not followed uh, me on Instagram, I Matt's a fitness influencer <laughs> now, much like Khloe Kardashian. Matt has had his uh, yeah. reawakening. Please stay tuned for my line of uh, fitwear, <laughs> formwear. Great. So we covered JT and peanut butter. Yep. So for people who don't know you or might not know the full story. (laughs) Who are you, assholes? (laughs) What is your, like, internet origin story? I was writing for, like, blogs and stuff, like Hello Giggles and The Conversation, and that was, like, my first foray. And then I was living in South Korea wanting to teach English, and or I was teaching English, and I wanted to write for BuzzFeed, and then I had a friend tell me that they won't hire you. I had applied a bunch of times for the fellowship or the internships, and they're like, no, they don't hire you unless you write something that goes viral. So I joined the community tab um, and wrote one post that got, I remember it got like 10,000 views, and that blew my mind, because on my blog, the biggest thing I'd ever written had like maybe 3,000 views, and even that was like, this is the 3,000 people I don't know. Right. And so when I got 10,000 views, I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. And then the second post I wrote got 1.2 million views in 10 hours. <laughs> and at that point, Ben told me later, Ben Smith told me that at that point, that was like the most viral thing that had gone up on BuzzFeed. And it was like a community post. What was it? It was a, what it's like to be a 20-something as told by girls, mean girls, and bridesmaids. <laughs> And a a genre of BuzzFeed <laughs> posts that would go on to be for a done. long time. Yeah, yeah. It was basically using gifts from a certain just movie to tell like a whole story. Right. And that post went mega viral. And then they called me the next day, Tommy, and they were like, "Can you start February?" April 27th, 2013, which was, and I was like, yes. And I just booked a ticket straight to New York from Korea. And that was, 
that was my like internet origin story. I guess I I knew that, but I I don't know. I I, I don't know. I just assumed that you were in New York right before. No, or you moved to New York for that. I yes. guess I did the same. Thing. I moved to yes, I moved to New York for it, and then I started in a weird subclass like in between with me, Aaron Shack, and Ariel. And we were all three 23-year-olds, and that really freaked us out because they had also never at that point hired an entire class of fellows. Like, you guys were the ones who were telling us, like, most of the time they hire, like, two out of five or whatever it is. My story with Matt, my, like, beginning story with Matt is that we had to pass Matt's computer every day to go to the bathroom. And there was 99.9% of the time there was a dick on the computer. (laughs) Not on (laughs) purpose. Because Matt was always on Tumblr, and this is Tumblr pre, like, getting cleaned up. Right. But literally, I remember, do you remember when Cisco's dick was, like, out on the internet? Uh, I remember that day. That was like the third day of BuzzFeed (laughs) where I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. At some point, there was some like, who was the guy from like Blink-182? Oh, yeah. Who had like a sex tape come out? Yes. it But that was a lot of what the internet was then. It was different celebrity sex tapes coming out and then deciding if we would write about them. But then the crazy thing was it would be on everybody's screen all at once. So it's like... All of a sudden, Cisco's dick is everywhere, or like, <laughs> or this the sex tape from whoever. It was a it was a very weird time. Yeah, I feel like in some ways, not that we invented the internet, but we were definitely there. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we were there. I'm an Al Gore right now. We were there uh, for such a specific like the years. I was at BuzzFeed for five and a half years, and I feel like the internet entirely changed, and we saw it through each of those phases. And sometimes it was us influence, like directly influencing the internet. Like me and Heaven wrote the first like big giant viral quiz. Yeah. Um, what what city should you actually live in? That got 19 million views in a day. Right. Which is nuts. Like at one point there was a million people taking the quiz online because remember we would have like the stats boards and stuff. Yeah, yeah. One of the most dystopian things that I think people don't know about how BuzzFeed was in the early days was that there was a literal leaderboard where every writer was listed and ranked according to a number of metrics. It was like nosedive in the Black Mirror episode. Yeah. What were you like as a kid? Oh, my God. I was exactly essentially like my Ishii Peters in <laughs> Pen15 to a T. I was, me and my dad fought constantly. Uh-huh. Um, I was very precocious. I, pre- you you want to know the perfect embodiment of me as a child? And this was not even like full childhood. I was too old to be doing this. My mom made me start buying my own printer ink because I was printing so much Harry and Hermione fan fiction <laughs> that my parents were like, we refuse to support your, um, we will not be, uh, what's it called? Uh, when you're like a drug, helping a drug addict. Uh, a, uh, enabling, enabler. Enabling. We will not be an enabler. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was just kind of nerdy and like super in the closet. And so all of my like teen angst came out and just like obsessions with like shipping things and watching shows and then being like every binder perfectly labeled. And I was like the well, you were in ASB too, right? Uh, student government? Yeah, Is that what yeah. yeah. Associated yeah. student body. I was the president of ASB, so very... In... Annoying. What grade? Senior year. Oh, of yeah. high school? Yeah. Okay, yeah. No, I wasn't, I, which is probably worse, is that I did student government in college. Yeah. <laughs> uh, n- yeah, not in high school. I've seen your videos. They're online. Everyone looked Don't. <laughs> Northwestern <laughs> we, University. We will cut this out. <laughs> 
Yeah, I was on a date recently where I talked about, uh, he was like, you know those kids that were like in student government oh. in college? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, do relate, I do. Do you relate <laughs> and, to Ben Platt? Uh, the politician. I don't think I was uh, that like manic uh, or rich. So, yeah. <laughs> Goop yeah. wasn't your mom. No, unfortunately not. But <laughs> I it did. I had this weird moment of like, do I agree with this guy and to go along with it? Oh or, yeah, yeah. Or do I like stand up for myself? What did you do? <laughs> Eventually, I was like, I like laughed through it, and then I was like. Yeah, I like how you said that, like, fully not knowing that I was absolutely that person. (laughs) Was he embarrassed? Uh, I don't know. Then he ghosted me, so it's fine. It's fine. You're not meant to be. Congratulations. We've moved on to the part of the interview where I just talk about my dating life. (laughs) Oh, great. Yes, love it. Um, Can we talk about really quickly the difference between, like, gay dating between lesbians and gay men? Because the other day I tweeted, me getting ready every morning, what are the loosest pair of pants I own? And you're like, gay men are the exact opposite. (laughs) What What is the tightest pair of pants that I could put on? And I was like, this is hilarious. And it actually defines our friendship, I feel like, in a lot of ways. Yeah, I think my pants are fairly tight right now. Mine are Um, actually relatively, these are pretty tight. I wear tight pants for you. Yeah. But generally, I'm like, are there overalls made of linen that I can be wearing? (laughs) I do. I also think part of my my fitness journey, I've like embraced the fact that you can like see my quads and it's not just like, oh, oh, I'm like. Instagram is quads. (laughs) Yeah, I need to chill out a little bit. (laughs) But I finally, I, like, get it. <laughs> I get when, like, insta-gays are just like, here's my full asshole. Yeah. <laughs> like, you work for that See, asshole. See, that's not what lesbians, lesbians are like, these are my six cats. <laughs> Aren't they beautiful? Honestly, I could get catfished by anyone because I only respond to people who have cats on their stories. And I'm like, oh, your cat, who is that? And then they could just, like, put me in a sex cult. Like, yeah. if Alex and Mac had uh, approached me and been like, do you want to be in my cult? There's cats. I would have been like, okay. <laughs> I, I I love when guys have uh, like dogs in their oh. pictures, but then they have to say in their profile, it's not my dog. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> otherwise it's just yeah. leading someone on. Because they've, they've, people have been lied to enough. <laughs> anyway, um, so for people who don't know, you're now a, a writer on mm-hmm. a show on Freeform. Yes, called um, Good Trouble. Tell the people about it. It's great. It's a spinoff of The Fosters, which was on ABC Family, Mm -hmm. um, a show about two lesbian moms who adopt a bunch of children. And then this follows their two daughters into like being in L.A. and they all live in a community living place. And it's on Freeform. But honestly, that means like it's on Hulu. You can watch it on Hulu. But it's super fun. It's like very young, very diverse, very. It feels just like people's friend groups who live in big cities. Yeah. Yeah. but it's been such a cool experience and it's weird to go from BuzzFeed and like writing like we were writing all the time, but in such a specific format to then be writing TV is is an interesting jump. Yeah. 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 What is it like to be a part of like a writer's room? It's such a weird experience and it's a job that I really did not understand whatsoever it's literally like anywhere from seven to like 14 people in a room every day and your showrunner or whoever's like running the room that day will be like okay let's talk about what Callie's doing in this episode and you're just in a circle talking about maybe she could be doing this oh that reminds me when I was this age I had this experience with this guy or this girl and it 
this and like you're kind of just like divulging information about yourself and seeing if it fits on top of characters and arcs and like my job is to talk all day long and I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, there is a weird uh, thing uh, uh, just in general in this industry in any creative industry mm-hmm. where there's the interplay between like you kind of talking about your own life. Yes. And um, you know what I'm getting at. It's yeah. like, how how do you decide what when. You tell about yourself yeah. and how and well, what how you, you put into your and, art. And how to not commodify it. I, it. There's a weird, especially at BuzzFeed, we were so young. I felt like I gave my entire identity to BuzzFeed. I BuzzFeed was an experience where I didn't understand that BuzzFeed is a company and a company is a company. Mm-hmm. It's not your whole life. It cannot treat you any which way. It will treat you at whatever the market needs it like capitalism you know but yeah we when you have your first job you're like oh this is amazing and they care about me individually and like to a point and the point is where the money is you know right and i think that was such an important lesson to also for me not to give my entire identity and because you can't take it back once it's on the internet you know the the pieces that are there I think you everybody's allowed to grow and evolve in their work, but it's been really cool. Also at BuzzFeed, I did a lot of scripted content, but and a lot of unscripted content that was very much based on me. Like the characters I played there were named Ashley, and even though they probably started as a 90-10 split of actually just my real life and by the end was probably like 50-50 mm-hmm. of the character had evolved, but now it's really fun to write my experiences on a character who is not me at all. Right. And I don't have to then toe that line of who am I in real life and who is my persona. And that's a super hard thing. And I know you've had to deal with that too, of just like, you're not drunk all the time and and complaining all the time, (laughs) like only like half the time. Uh, Right. But (laughs) more liberal split. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, that is a that is a like hard line to straddle in that yeah. Always back to straddling. <laughs> <laughs> but in in a way that like working at BuzzFeed fucked with that a lot because the other the other element of it is that you you gain an audience and you get people who mm-hmm. who really respond to that part of you that you're putting out there. But you don't want to like let them down. Yes, but, but you also are not just that one thing, right? That they that they like grew to love while you were in that period of your life. So now I feel pretty balanced in terms of like I have a job that is a job that allows me to still be creative and still talk about my point of view. And then the thing that I am doing now too is writing my own movies and writing my own like working on TV shows and stuff, so that. Because my job in a writer's room, you are just one piece of a tiny cog and it's not your show. So you don't, you know, unless you're the showrunner or the creator, it's not your show. And so you have to also be okay with letting go of it. Like you pitch something and it may or may not stick. And that's really different from BuzzFeed. We were EPing everything we did and it was our show. And we got to decide exactly like that was really nice. Top down, there wasn't a lot of make this type of content. It was like make whatever you want to make as long as it goes viral. Yeah. And so that was hard for me to be like, oh, I am not here to be the boss. I am here to just contribute. And in the end, it's not my decision what goes into the show or not. Yeah. Which is can be very freeing. It is because yeah. then it's just a job, and then I put my energy for the things that I want to do into my own movies, into my own, which are just gay rom coms, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I want in the world. 
Yeah. Well, let's move uh, into our section called Elaborate, which is where <laughs> we found t- tweets where you express your hatred of things. Oh, my God. Every <laughs> podcast I'm on, people are like, hey, you once tweeted that everyone became gay because of Kirsten Dunst. Explain. Yeah. <laughs> Most of these are fairly innocent. Most of these. I'm going to say it. House Hunters is the worst HGTV show. Oh, strong stance on House Hunters. Have you come around since 2017? No, I don't. Well, I think there are probably worse shows now, but I do. <laughs> yeah. Worst show on t- or HGTV in 2017. show. Yeah, because I was a big Magnolia fan with Chip and Joanna uh, Fixer Upper. Right. Uh, basically, House Hunters is just the most basic format and the production value is not there. And I, I think I do stand by that. Probably not as adamantly mm-hmm. um, because I know there's got to be worse trash on there. But it, it is kind of just a lazy format and boring. And and also I found out, I mean, everything on TV that you see is fake. I'm just going to say that now. But they have already pre-bought the house when you're watching it. So they're going around like shopping for those houses. And there there's okay, never there's, a decision. <laughs> there's a red laser right between your eyes right now. And- <laughs> Mr. HGTV is about to take you out. Uh, but that really, when I found that out, that kind of killed it for me. I'm like, why are we, this is like, yeah, great. Uh, okay. It's official. People who talk while on the elliptical are the worst. Why? The thing that I don't understand is how I choose to announce all of these tweets. Like, what yeah. the fuck? It's not just. It's official. It's, it's not it's just official. I hate blank. There's like always like a lead in. Right, right. <laughs> Um, A, I'm like, now I'm just impressed by that. I cannot talk on the elliptical. And B, yeah, I I could see that being the worst because I imagine then they're on their phone, like people who are on their phone at the gym. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just like you're trying to run or have a a thing. But I don't, I, I think my hatred for some of these things has lessened. Yeah. Yeah, that's allowed. Yeah. I'll, I won't. I won't cancel you over your <laughs> hatred of people who talk on the elliptical. Um, wait, are there any? You can cut this out of the episode, but I just want to know: Are there any of my tweets that you disagreed with, where you're like, "This is fucking crazy," or where you're like, "No, I get it." The one, the one thing, and I don't know if your stance, because this was also a very old one. Yeah, was you tweeted about uh, I needing to buy another natural deodorant because you lost yours. <laughs> Oh, what did I say? The full tweet is, in quotes, I need to buy another natural deodorant because I lost mine, end quote. Might be the worst sentence I've ever said. (laughs) So you recognize that you were the worst in that scenario. The funny thing is I don't really wear deodorant now. (laughs) No, it's terrible for you. Natural, not natural. That's Um, one of those things that, yes, I'm aware it's bad for you, but, like, I can't compromise. Yeah, breast cancer. Okay. Aluminum. <laughs> On that note, yeah, we're just gonna you're just gonna drop <laughs> breast cancer and expect me to wrap up after that. <laughs> That's interesting. I mean, yes, I I feel like our other personas, it's like battling like gay and and mostly lesbian, and then also California versus New York. I yeah. remember the thing that Matt hated the most that I've ever said is I asked uh, we were at a bar in New York. I was like, "What is the freshest drink you have?" And he was like, "Shut the fuck up! <laughs> yeah. We'll take truffle fries and a whiskey ginger." Right. I, I was remember- like, I just want to know if there's like muddled cucumber in any drink because I would like that. <laughs> 
There are flavors. I've come around on that statement. Because uh, I just remember we went to a restaurant and it was the first time that we'd gone out after you'd moved to L.A. Oh, and yeah. You were visiting yeah. from L.A. And that was like the first thing that you said. And I was like, OK, that's a lot. <laughs> also, right coming to the studio right now, I parked behind a car that said CBD sparkling water. And I was like, that is the most L.A. thing I've ever heard. And then I was like. I want it. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. Uh, okay. Well, on that note, yes. where can people find you and your work? People can find me at ITS Ashley Perez, Ashley with no E, pretty much all over the internet. And then uh, you can find my show that I write on on Hulu, Good Trouble. Amazing. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Bye. All right, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad shit go down easier, starting with Do Better White Bull, where we recommend some resources to help make the world a little bit better. And Matt, it's your week this week. What are you highlighting? So this week, I want to recommend a documentary on Netflix. And listen, I need to get better at figuring out stuff that is both you can consume, but also stuff that you can do. Because I do know that watching and reading is like one part of it. But it is a great documentary, and I do think it is an important one. Uh, It is called Disclosure on Netflix. Have you seen it? I haven't, but I've heard about it, and I really want to watch it. So it is about the history of trans representation in pop culture, really, in movies, in television shows, largely also uh, the representation of black trans people. There's more violence committed against black trans women than any other group in the LGBTQ community. And the documentary talks about how portrayals of trans people in pop culture ultimately affects the way that we view trans people in culture. I mean, it should be obvious that that concept, but when you actually go through example by example, it was also just like, it's a great documentary It's very well made. And like all of the people who are speaking in it are, are trans people. And so you're not getting information secondhand. It's coming from the people themselves. So yeah, highly recommend Disclosure on Netflix, super important documentary. Yeah. Nice. And yeah, speaking of pop culture and TV, Barry, what are you watching this week? I have been watching a documentary series on HBO called All Be Gone in the Dark. Mm -hmm. I am not usually a true crime person, uh, but it's a documentary series based on the book by the same name, which was written by Michelle McNamara, who was a writer and she was investigating the Golden State Killer. She also is the one who dubbed him the Golden State Killer. And so the documentary series is about the investigation into the Golden State Killer, but then also about Michelle and her life really through her lens. She also died a couple of years ago before she had finished the book. And her husband is the comedian Patton Oswald, And he and a few others finished the book and published it after she died. 
it's a really remarkable documentary series. I also, uh, for full disclosure, Pineapple Street and I specifically have been working on the companion podcast, uh, which is HBO's All Be Gone in the Dark podcast. So I've been like deeply in this story for the past couple of months. And uh, I think the podcast is great, but I'm not just bringing it up because of the podcast. Uh, The series is really, really remarkable. The first three episodes did fully make me uh, bolt lock my door and (laughs) have nightmares. (laughs) But it's also just the way that they tell the stories of the attacks. It's all through the lens of the survivors Mm -hmm. in a way that you don't normally see. That's also very much the way that Michelle McNamara wrote about these crimes. So it's really it's really good. And that's one of the things I've been watching. How about you? Amazing. I haven't watched a whole lot of new stuff this week. I was preparing to watch Hamilton last week. And then this week I've I've watched it almost three times. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I'll I'll say it again, because last week I was gearing up for it. And now having seen it. I knew all of Hamilton going into it, but the entire production was put on Disney Plus and it was so good. <laughs> like I knew it was good, but like when you're actually seeing all of it and seeing how it all comes together, it was just like truly spectacular. And I know like there's now a, a big conversation about like, okay, I mean, this is a play about a bunch of slave owners. <laughs> Basically, yes, it was groundbreaking and like, you know, it's an almost entire cast of all people of color. But just like as a work of art to be that person for a second, like just the way that it all works together. uh, I don't know. It's just so good. It's so good. (laughs) And I can't stop watching it and listening to it uh, and screaming it in the shower. And also still watching I May Destroy You, which I believe is related to your chaser, which I also was I had literally written this down. So really go you go <laughs> for it. Okay. So I guess our collective chaser is he goes by E. Alex Jung in his bios, but then in like interviews I've heard him just say Alex Jung. I, I don't know him personally, but he is a journalist. He wrote the cover story for New York magazine is the profile of Michaela Cole. And it is, it, it is so good. It is, it is worth reading every single word. I've like read it multiple times now in different parts. I've sent it to people. Like I already really loved her work and thought she was great. But the way that this profile is constructed and there's just, there's so much I didn't know about her. Yeah. And I'm just like absolutely floored. She's incredible. And this article is amazing. And I like just I really loved it. And I, if you if you haven't read it, people listening right now, you should absolutely read it, especially if you've watched I May Destroy You. But even if you haven't, it's just a beautiful profile of an artist. Right. What did, what did you think of it? Why why did you pick it as your chaser? Yeah, I'll be honest. So when I first recommended or, or mentioned that I was watching I May Destroy You, I'd only seen the first episode. The first episode had come out. And like what it ends up being about only really happens in the last bit of the first episode, which is like she's assaulted. And then the rest of the series is like her kind of reckoning with what happened. Mm-hmm. And then reading the profile and, and hearing about how the content of the show is informed by her own life and like yeah I I also just love everything that Alex Jung writes and I I remember I mean this is just name dropping kind of but I had a I I was at some like vulture 
event and I saw him and I was I went up to him and I was like, I love everything you write. <laughs> everything he writes. And he definitely I mean, it was I was definitely that like drunk guy at a bar who was like, oh, my God. Um, yeah, he was definitely like, OK. <laughs> the point is i fucking love him and i love her and this profile uh combines them all so yeah highly recommend reading that and sharing it my only other thing was this just to uh you know put on my usual matt belisai hat so calm the app this is not an ad (laughs) this is just specifically made for me Calm the app has these like bedtime stories basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes they get people like celebrities to read them. And Harry Styles had um, a calm story <gasps> that just came out. I'm saying this having not listened to it. So I might actually not make it to next week's episode. <laughs> so I assume I will listen to it. It will lull me into a sleeping beauty style uh, <laughs> coma, really, that I won't be able to wake from. So Unless he kisses you on the lips. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very excited to listen to this. It is exactly what I need right now um, to hear the, the beautiful dulcet tones of one Mr. Styles while I'm drifting off to sleep. And that is it. So thank you for listening to Unhappy Hour. You can head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. Hit that subscribe button and then rate us and review us. But only if it's nice. I don't want to hear your shit. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Studios. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, and me, Matt Belisai. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. Our music is by Hans Del Sue. You can bother Barry at Finkelberry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Belisai. And you can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter for all the latest podcast buzz. And once again, you can leave a voicemail on our rant hotline at 601-600-RANT. That's 601-600-7268. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Oh, bye-bye. In the arms of an angel, fly away. I feel like my growls are very pronounced today. I know. You're like a little kitty cat. <laughs> <laughs> don't, you, don't ever say that again. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs>